I'm excited tonight to be in the house of God. It's always an exciting thing to come to the house of God and be with God's people. And uh, I'm thankful that He always meets us. He's a faithful God. And uh, I, I'm just going to kind of pick up here a little bit where I left off Sunday morning. What a what a what an awesome uh, what an awesome presence of God Sunday morning. It's awesome presence of God. It was an awesome uh, word from the Word of God. And uh, you know, I'm I'm grateful that God can speak, and His word does not return void, and He can speak in spite. Of the vessel, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Somebody said, No, he needs a perfect vessel. No, he doesn't. He used a chicken, he used a donkey, so he can use you and me. Amen. Praise God. And so, but tonight in Deuteronomy chapter 11, we're going to start reading with verse 25. And before we do that, I just want to say a very short prayer over this tonight as we get into the word. Would you pray with me and agree with me? Father, tonight I thank you for your wonderful presence and spirit that we felt. People came and they come in this altar. They were worshiping freely. And Lord, I just thank you for the freedom of your spirit. We always want to come to church, Lord, and feel like we've been in the presence of God. We don't come, God, for any other reason, not a social club, Lord, not a religious, you know, um, activity, God, but we come to meet with you. And Lord, I pray tonight and thank you for your presence being here. But Lord, as we come to break open the bread of life, I pray that you will just let the word of God have free course like your word declares. And God, let it sink down deep in our hearts, Lord. Let the seed germinate in our heart. Let, Lord, the, 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 the application come come and God the manifestation of it in our lives and God that that there would be growth and maturity Lord in our lives and we thank you tonight for your word and your presence and God have thine own way anoint these lips of clay and God to you be glory we give you all the glory and honor and we thank you in Jesus name amen in Deuteronomy chapter 11 I'm going to get right into this verse 25 it says there shall no man be able to stand before you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon as he hath said unto you. You know, I just, it just hit me, and this isn't even part of my message, but, but isn't it amazing how that most religions if not all religions in the world, man-made religions or doctrines of devils is what they are, that's what the Bible says, that they leave them alone, but they mock Christ. They mock Christianity. They mock God, the true God. Amen. They leave everybody else alone, but they mock the truth. Because I can tell you the devil knows the truth. The devil knows the real and uh, he said here in the word of God that there would be a dread and a fear. 
upon all the land. What, what is it that's so powerful about God? We know, but that's so powerful about God that the, 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 that the governments of this, of this world, the nations, the leaders of this nation will, will silence the voice of God. They'll silence and cause Christians to be persecuted and have to go underground because they're afraid of what the devil in them is afraid of, what the power of God in a born-again believer can do. Turn a world upside down, amen. Turn a world upside down. I'm so grateful, amen, that we have something, amen, that the devil's afraid of, amen. Come on now. But he said, there shall no man be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon as he hath said unto you, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey. Amen. A blessing if you obey. And a curse. He said, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. And he said in the word, And it shall come to pass, when the Lord thy God has brought thee in unto the land, whither you go to possess it, that you shall put the blessing upon Mount Gerizim and the curse upon Mount Ebal. Are they not on the other side of Jordan, by the way where the sun goes down in the land of the Canaanites, which dwell in the campaign over against Gilgal beside the plains of Morah? For you shall pass over Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you, and you shall possess it and dwell therein. And you shall observe to do all the statutes and judgments which I set before you this day. Now I want to just say as I start, I'm speaking again tonight on obedience. On obedience, that's not a uh, that's not a, a, a negative word. It's not a. Uh, I can tell you to people that don't want to live for God, it's a taboo word. It's a negative word. But to you and I that are Christians, I can tell you that are born again, we want to obey. Amen. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And they're not grievous. They're not difficult. You know, when you fall in love with the Lord, you want to do what his word says. Amen? And so, but we're going to come back to this in just a little bit. But teaching on obedience, we're going to come back to the scripture is what I meant to say in just a little bit. But I'm teaching on obedience and how it is the procurer, the purchaser of blessing. We know Jesus purchased, uh, you know, through obedience. He purchased our salvation on an old rugged cross. Amen. That's what the Bible declares. We don't purchase our obedience. We don't purchase our salvation, or we don't procure the blessing because of what we do. But I can tell you this: our obedience activates the power of God. He purchased it at Calvary when we put our faith and trust in the in the the work of Calvary's cross and the cross and the blood. Everything that Jesus did is for us. 
and it, it will be activated as we believe him. Amen? He said, according to your faith, that's what he said. So what you believe, you act upon. And tonight, if you want the blessing of God upon your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your home, with your children, in every area of your life spiritually, I can tell you, you've got to obey the word of God. But it's not a grievous thing. It's something, amen, that's a yoke that's easy and a burden that is light tonight. So we know that the Lord purchased it for us, but our obedience activates the power of the blessing. Now we are taught, or we were taught Sunday, how repentance, true repentance, complete repentance, is the gateway into blessing. Amen? It's the gateway into blessing. Remember, Jesus preached repentance. John the Baptist preached repentance. The Apostle Paul said in several places about, or at least in Corinthians, we know about repentance. And I thought this tonight. Even John the Beloved recorded what the Lord said in the book of Revelation. And he told the church of Ephesus, if you'll repent, amen, he won't remove that candlestick. So repentance is very important. It is a central theme and thread throughout the word of God that we read. Moses told Israel here in this passage, that we read, and this is what we read Sunday morning out of Deuteronomy 11. We stopped at verses 8 and 9, but I'm just going to pick up there and just carry it on down till we get to where we're studying tonight in the 26 on down verse. But in verses 8 and 9, he said, Therefore shall you keep all the commandments which I command you this day, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land whither you go to possess it, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. You can listen to the podcast or go back on one of the social media uh, venues and you can begin to listen to uh, the message on Sunday. But it, Moses tells Israel in verses 8 and 9 that obedience brings with it a blessing. Obedience brings with it a blessing, a provision of strength, a possession of territory. That's what he said here in the Word of God. And he said basically, in essence, you'll overcome, you'll conquer in that land. And you'll stay and be prolonged in that place of milk and honey. You'll stay there. If there's one thing that we need to know is that God wants you to have longevity and continuity in your walk with Him. He wants you to be faithful, but He will empower your choice. And I assure you of this, He wants you to stay prolonged in the victories that He has purchased at Calvary. He didn't call us to be broken down Christians, but He called us us to be more than conquerors. Amen. He called us to be overcomers. He called us to possess the land. He called us to go and be the dread of the territory because they say there's something powerful about those people. They're different. Amen. We're not better than the world but we're different than the world. Thank God. And because we walk in the power of the Spirit of God and the presence of God. So he said you'll have a provision of strength. You'll have a possession of territory 
territory or of land. And that's spiritual. We possess spiritual territory. What do you mean, pastor? Whenever you're obedient unto God, he'll give you the victory over that jealousy. See, you used to live, you used to live in a place where back here where you were in jealousy, but God said, I'm going to take you into a place of victory where you're going to walk in the territory of overcoming power and it's not going to trip you up every time. And you're going to stay there prolonged. You're not going to last there a week and then next week be back where you used to be. He's a God that wants you to move forward, to be, you know, moving forward exceedingly abundantly, always moving in God, steadfast, unmovable, abounding in the things of God. So he said you'll overcome, you'll conquer, you'll stay in that prolonged place of milk and honey, which milk stands for strength, honey stands for sweetness. Some people don't know what it means to feel and enjoy the sweetness of God. Some people that say they're Christians, I never see them smile. You never hear the joy of the Lord. You never hear a testimony. All you hear is downtrodden and mully grubs and oh, everything would be great under the, everything's okay, I guess, under the circumstances. My dad used to say, get out from underneath them. Amen. In verse 10, he said, you're coming into a land. And he said, the land that you're going to go to to possess it, it is not as the land of Egypt from whence you came out, where you sowed thy seed and you watered it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. Now listen, he said, it ain't like Egypt, where you watered it by foot. You won't need to pump in the water. Because you're going into a land, amen, that's not a desert, but it is a place. And we'll get into that in just a minute, but it's a, it's a lush place. It's a green place. It's, it's that which is, is full of vegetation, and it's a blessed place. So you won't need to pump in water, but rather just exist in a spirit-filled environment, in a spiritual environment. Amen. There's no desert in God. All, are you hearing me tonight? There's no desert in God. All He is is life. All He is is that which is green and that which is life, that which is living, that which is budding. He, I'm telling you, that's exactly what it is in the Word of God. But, but He said it's not going to be like Egypt when you come into the promised land. Nobody's going to have to pump you up. You're not going to have to pump in that water, amen. You're not going to have to work anything up, but you're just going to walk in that victorious place. Church, that is an existence that we can have in Jesus Christ. That is a place we can walk in, in victory. Yes, things come down the pike. Yes, things come across our path. Yes, we fight devils. Yes, we deal with circumstances and losses and disappointments. But I assure you of this, stand up and worship God and praise Him. He said, count it all joy whenever you enter into diverse temptations. God's going to bring you through. Why do you count it all joy? Because God's going to prove to you the devil's a defeated foe and He's going to bring you through in victory. 
So the second thing he says is that you're going to be brought into a land of hills and valleys. The land that you're going to go into to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinks water of the rain of heaven. A land which the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it. Did you hear that? From the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. I was reading that and I thought, Lord, a land full of hills and valleys, well watered. You're going to go through times in your Christian experience. Yeah, you're going to be on the mountaintop and you may have to go down in a valley sometimes, but he will be in that valley with you. Amen. In the valley, he restores your soul. In the valley, he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. In the valley, amen, he makes that dry place. Hallelujah. A place, uh, that, that, that place, he makes it a well. He said, though you go through that valley, of Baca. He said, I'll make it a well. It'll be made a well. God will show you. I'll water you in that valley. You don't have to go down in defeat. You don't have to die there. So it's hills and valleys walking with the Lord, but that's all right. It's a lamb that God says he cares for, and clearly he's involved with. That's why Jesus said, the thief comes to still kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life, and life more abundantly. Abundant life. Abundant life. That's the only way to live. Amen. You know what's so wonderful is we come in sometimes and we're low. But we come and we begin to worship God. And He makes everything all right. Hallelujah. We sing a song, I just heard from heaven. And this one thing I know, my sins are all forgiven. He washed them white as snow. The load that once I carried, he took from me somehow. I just heard from heaven, and it's all right now. Praise God, he's there through everything. He's there through it all. Because he said, I come to give you abundant life. In verses 13 through 22, and I'm not going to read all of those, but there's a promise of blessing of rain and that it will come in season. It'll come in its season, in due season. And in verse 23, he said, every enemy will be driven out. This is what happens in that promised land. In verses 24 through 25, he said, no weapon formed against is going to prosper. That's not what it said, Pastor. Well, let me read to you what he said. In verse 24, he said, every place, we read it, Whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. From the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea, shall your coast be. There shall be no man able to stand before you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you, as we read, and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon, as he had said unto you. I just want you to know tonight that whenever you come into that place of blessing in God, and when I say blessing, I mean he brings you into that place, and no matter what you go through, no matter what giant you have to fight in the land, no matter what obstacle you've got, God is there with you. And you have to rest in that and know he's there. Praise God, he's there. Now, he comes into the 26th through the 32nd verse, and I'm talking about Moses because Moses is speaking here to the, ch to the children of Israel, giving them the word of God in Deuteronomy 11. But in verses 26 through 32, and we read that already, he speaks unto them and he says, and this is where we're going tonight, there is a blessing in obedience and a curse in disobedience. 
I could stop right now and you could take it to the altar and say, Lord, the things where I've been disobedient, let me, let me correct that and, and be obedient. And where, I, I, where I've been obedient, Lord, I'm going to claim the promises of God. I could stop right there. You know, we read and gloss over things, but God wants us to let that germinate in our spirit tonight and sink down deep. He comes into and speaks unto us. There's a blessing in obedience and a curse in disobedience. And it's declared to keep us mindful and accountable. Nobody in the church hardly wants to be accountable. I am not criticizing big churches for big church sakes. Big church's sake. But I do want to say this, that a lot of people go to a bigger church because they want to hide. And they go to smaller churches sometimes to hide, but it's harder to hide. Because when you're not there, or it should be, people say, hey, we missed you, where you been? Come on now. It just seems like, oh, you know, the people you call, you say, I want to call them. A lot of times, they'll say, well, you know, you know, they didn't want you to call if they're not doing right. You know, but sometimes, uh, you know, even though you think, well, maybe they didn't want me to call. And then they get upset because you didn't call. Amen. So you can't win sometimes in the church. You know, you can't win for calling. You can't win for not calling. Because a person that is disobedient is at a place where they cannot I think spiritually, think logically. And you can't spiritually discern, you know, this person really loves me. This person really cares about me. That Jesus through them is shining and trying to show me that they really care about the fact that I'm not there. and They don't get bugged by that. But all of that being said, that's just kind of a bunny trail. But I just want to say to you tonight from the Word of God that there's a blessing. And we, we, we come into that land, that promised land. And He said... I want you to get this tonight. He said, I want you to, to, to pronounce a blessing on uh, Gerizim, and I want you to pronounce a curse on Ebal. That's what it says in the Word of God, and we read that. I thought about that, and I began to ponder on that and study the Word of God concerning that, that one place in Scripture. Actually, it's in two or three different places where it's referred to again, but it's declared to keep us mindful and accountable. Joshua said in Joshua 1, and I'm going to turn there. Joshua 1, sorry, verse 8. He said, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written in, therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. God wants you and I to know tonight that that word has to be in our heart, and we need to to obey it and then there will be a prosperity in our lives and I'm not talking about a brand new car and a brand new house I'm talking about spiritual prosperity in your life you cannot throw prosperity out but you cannot make it the only message in the Bible you've got to know though that God wants you spiritually prosperous on the journey he wants you victorious he wants you blessed in the journey he wants you to know you don't have to live in the curse if you'll be obedient you'll live in the blessing and it's okay to be blessed it's okay to be blessed I want to be blessed I want to be blessed with peace I want to be blessed with joy I want to be blessed with God's grace and God's hand upon my life 
I want to be blessed. Back whenever Sister Skiles and I first started this church, we didn't have any money. We couldn't afford to pay attention. We didn't have two nickels to rub together. We prayed everything in and we prayed everything out. People see us today and they say, you know, God's really blessed you. I said, you don't know the price we paid. You don't know what we went through. You don't know the days and the years and the months that we went through scraping and struggling. You weren't there whenever I made $50 a week. And maybe not even that. You weren't there whenever I had to take what would have been my money for my my living and pay the church rent because we had to pay the rent on the church first. But God proved to us. He said, make me a cake first. Seek ye first the kingdom and watch as I begin to bless you so you see us now and you see God's taking care of us and we're able to you know live and and make a living and be paid from the church thank God because I remember the time when we were so poor we couldn't pay attention but I remember we would believe God for everything and one time we didn't have any money for food we didn't have any money for food and I remember there was nothing hardly in the house to eat and we just began to pray we we get a hold of God and I remember my kids saying, Dad, will you go down and get us something from Burger King or go down to McDonald's? We didn't even have McDonald's or Burger King money. That was back when it was cheap. They don't have dollar menu anymore. They need to change the sign on the dollar store and call it 250. But we began to pray. We began to get a hold of God. And I remember we were crying out to God and I said, Lord... You're going to have to provide for us. And about an hour and a half later, here pulled up a blue Suburban. Oh, I said, oh, here comes Mike and Sylvia. Here they pulled up and backed up. They got out of their car. You know, Mike would just come by just to say hi. You know, so I was just thankful, amen, for friendship. But they got out and they had a bag in their hand. I said, oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. It's got to be something good. And Sylvia made us rice and beans and homemade tortillas and brought that bag and it was warm. And there it was. We held that bag in our hand. We cry about it today because I remember we, we ate off of that for a couple days. God provided for us. He took care of us. He made sure that we had something to eat. We never went without. Amen. And God said not only am I going to take care of you, but I'm going to bless you from the love of somebody's hand that put their heart and soul into this that made this for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I told my kids it's better than Burger King. Amen. It's better than Burger King. They said we want Burger King. I remember they said we don't want this. And I said well, it's beans and rice and Jesus Christ. I tell you tonight, this is what we're going to have. And I remember, they sat there and watched Sister Skiles and I eat. I said, this is just the way it's going to have to be. If they don't want to eat, when they get hungry enough, they will. Well, Kyle, you know, he's the first one. He came over. Make me a plate. So next thing you know, he's over there scooping up them beans and rice with tortillas, just like the neighborhood kids, just scooping it up. And camera wasn't very long. Here he come over. I'll take some too. They learned, hey man, God will provide. And he blessed us so wonderfully if you will just trust him be obedient unto God you'll come into that place and the blessing of God will be upon you he will take care of you he will meet your need he will provide for you oh my you thought you wanted something different but you found out how good it really is 
when God rains down manna from heaven. Praise God. Almighty God. That was all free. I really want us to see Christ in all of this and that blessing on Gerizim and the curse on Ebal. Christ in all of this and the grace and mercy and the warnings of God. Listen, church. I want you to hear even the warnings of God. Most only preach the blessing of God. You'll have 26,000 people if all you preach is the blessing of God. I can tell you we need to hear the warning of God. Hallelujah. But he said, I place before you this day a blessing in obedience and a curse because of disobedience. Moses told them, put the blessing on Gerizim and the curse on Ebal. What does that mean? Why was this required? Church, it all points to Jesus and the cross. I don't ever want to make the blessing something that is incidental or, or detached from Christ. In fact, I always want to point people to Jesus. And it always points back to Christ. And in Deuteronomy 27, I want you to turn there with me. Deuteronomy 27. Deuteronomy 27. The scripture says this. In Deuteronomy 27, starting with verse 9. When you get there, say amen. The Bible says, i got to hurry. And Moses and the priests, the Levites, spake unto all Israel, saying, Take heed and hearken, O Israel, this day. Thou art become the people of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt therefore obey the voice of the Lord thy God and do his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day. And Moses charged the people the same day, saying, These shall stand upon Mount Gerizim to bless the people when you are come over Jordan. Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. He said, you six get on that mountaintop of Gerizim and you be a blessing. Or you, you stand for or represent the mountaintop of blessing. And he said, and these shall stand upon Mount Ebal to curse. Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. And the Levites shall speak and say unto all the men of Israel with a loud voice. For those that say preachers don't have to preach loud. Yes, we do. We want you to get it. Cursed be the man that maketh any graven image or molten image, an abomination unto the Lord, the works of the hands of the craftsmen, and putteth it in a secret place, and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. He went curse after curse after curse. You, you know, I mean, there's not a lot there, but for the sake of time, I want you to read it on your own time. But cursed is he that setteth a light by his father or his mother. In other words, don't disrespect mama and daddy. I don't care if they were horrible to you. You keep your mouth shut. Amen. You keep your mouth shut. I went through a time in my life and I said, Lord, you're not blessing me. He said, stop saying things negative about your, your mom and your dad from your childhood. Stop. You want the blessing of God? Stop saying that. It's in the Word. And when I did, God began to bless. I noticed a change in my life. But he said, cursed is he that removes his neighbor's landmark. And all the people said, Amen. Cursed is he that maketh the blind to wander out of the way. And all the people shall say, Amen. He, per, 
Accursed is the one that perverts judgment of the stranger, fatherless, and widow. And all the people shall say amen. He goes on and on and on and deals with, you know, sexual immorality and, and character flaws and immoral things that people do from, 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 from laying with your father's wife or your sister or perverting judgment or, or seeing a blind person, you know, go down the way and not leading them in the path so that they don't hurt themselves. He said, you need to understand where you, where you love God and you love people and you do what God's word says, there is a blessing. But when you don't, there's a curse. There's a curse. You're not, gonna, you're not going to experience the blessing of God. And so in this word here, and I'm just going to stop there for that right now. And in verse 13, he says that six tribes were on Ebal, six tribes were on uh, Mount Gerizim. And in the valley between was the Levites, the priests, that were, were to speak with a loud voice. And, and you, you know, he never told them to speak the blessings. Notice that. He said, speak to them those things that are cursed. In other words, you don't have to worry about if you make heaven your home, you're there. But you better make sure that you shun hell and gain heaven. Are you hearing me? In other words, he, what he was saying is, make sure you speak to them the dangers that are going to keep them from being blessed. The blessing is automatic. Just be obedient to God. The blessing will come. But, but if you're not uh, obedient and you're in disobedience, those are the things you need to tell them. I know I've told my kids, if you live for God years ago, God will bless you. But there's a whole lot more things in that Bible that we're warned about not to do. In fact, Jesus spoke more on hell than he ever did on heaven. Because if you get to heaven, praise God, you're there. You don't have to worry about nothing. But if you wake, your, wake up yourself in hell, you're in trouble. And he wanted everybody to know you don't want to go there. You don't want the curse of God. You want the blessing of God. How does that come? In obedience unto God. And in that valley, he said, those, those priests are going to speak with a loud voice. Now you know why God has preachers preach. The horrors of sin, the horrors of self, the horrors of hell. Amen. That's why you hear all those things. It's an abomination. All these things that you need to shun and stay away from. Stay away from that. Amen. And you know why God had the men of God say that, the, the priests rather, if you will. And the cross is a reminder to us of the sins, the judgment, the penalty, and the required sacrifice that had to be made. The cross. All these people that put those metal crosses and they get out there on TV and on the videos and the rappers and all that and they dance and flaunt that like it's just some kind of symbol. They have no idea what that cross stands for. Amen. It stands for something. And it always chokes me up. It's real and it's an ever-present reminder that Jesus' obedience to the cross dealt with the curse. I want you to think about it for just a minute. How do you know it dealt with the curse? The Bible says that in the Old Testament. In Joshua chapter 8, verse 30. Here it is again. See, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But Joshua chapter 8, verse 30. 
It says, Then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. This was after they come into the promised land. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded the children of Israel, as it was written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of old stones over which no man has lifted any iron, and they offered thereunto burnt offerings unto the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And he wrote there upon the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. And all Israel and their elders and officers and their judges stood on this side of the ark and on that side before the priests, the Levites, which bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, as well the strangers as he that was born among them, half of them over against Mount Gerizim and half of them over against Mount Ebal, as Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded before they should bless the people of Israel. And afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessing and cursing, blessings and cursings according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded which Joshua read not before all the congregation of Israel with the women, the little ones, the strangers that were conversant among them. Now why did I share all of that with you? Because Joshua fulfilled what Moses told the children of Israel to do. He fulfilled that. And I love this because it's a shadow of what was to come. What do you mean it was a shadow of what was to come? Joshua is a type of Christ. Yeshua stands for Joshua. Jesus, same thing. Moses, the law giver, who could not take Israel into the promised land. But Joshua did. The law could never save you and die, redeem us. It's only a, a schoolmaster to lead us to truth, to show us the law of God. Nobody could keep that thing. And I shouldn't call it a thing, it's not. Nobody could keep the law of God perfectly. I know some people think they can, but they don't realize that just by their pride alone proves that they cannot keep the law. That doesn't mean that we don't strive for perfection or we don't strive to live holy and righteous. That's what we're supposed to do. Amen. He said, be ye holy as your Father which is in heaven is holy. Walk in purity. He that has his hope purifies himself. We're supposed to live a godly life. But you and I have to know that nobody could keep that law but one. Jesus the perfect spotless lamb. Moses could never lead them into the promised land, but Joshua did. The law could never save anybody, but Jesus did. And he led us into a promise through the blood of Jesus, through the cross of Calvary. And I love this, as I said, the law was the schoolmaster that pointed to a hill far away where stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. Amen. And on that old rugged cross, Jesus suffered and died to, to ransom and pardon you and I. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. People say, I don't like the old rugged cross. I said, you need to get saved. You need to get right with God. I sat there at that garden tomb twice. Sat there, I always sit at the same, well I tried to, at the same place. And I'm looking over there, the closest we could get to that place of the skull of, uh, you know, uh, Golgotha. I'm sitting there looking at that place of the skull. 
I'm like, Lord, you hung there on that cross right above that little uh, hill there. You hung there. And the lady that told us, the tour guide that told us everything about that, she said, just remember this. She goes, that was a thorough way there. Children, adults, women, men, soldiers, whoever, beggars walked by and they saw Jesus there dying. God said in his word in the book of Isaiah, he said there's going to be a holy highway. There is a holy highway. That holy highway is that highway that you get on because you because Christ paved that way for you and I. He purchased that for you and I. And it's a highway, I can tell you, that will lead you into glory. Praise God. Praise God. But I, I'm just so thankful today. Jesus didn't destroy or do away with the law, but he said, I came to fulfill it. And he did fulfill it. And like Joshua, he took Israel into the promised land. Why is all of this important? Because we need to know obedience takes me into the blessing. Which is all of Deuteronomy 28. And you can read that on your own time. But it gives that description of the blessedness of God when you're obedient. And Mount Ebal tells us disobedience to God. His word and his word will bring a curse. But thank God for the blood, the work of the power of the cross. Jesus became a curse for us. You say, well, pastor... The poor six tribes that were over there on Mount Ebal. And they're, they're, they're standing over there on what represents a curse. This was all, in a sense, symbolic, if you will. He said, I, I, you know, there's a, there's a curse there, but there's a blessing to come in over here. You go back to that. You're going to go back to that curse. Thank God there's an altar on that hill, on, on that Mount Ebal, on that hill. Thank God we can go back to that altar. Amen. We can come back to the bleeding side of Calvary's cross. People say, I I believe in eternal security. You don't ever have to repent again. I'm telling you, you're wrong. You're wrong. If for no other reason you need to come and confess your faults unto him. And he's faithful and just to forgive you. That's what John said. Amen. If you sin, thank God we have an advocate with the Father. We can come and we can, we can see that guilt and that conviction washed away and walk in purity and freedom. And freedom, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Well, let me tell you, I'm in Christ Jesus, but when I sin against God, I feel condemned. Well, you shouldn't, Pastor. Well, I'm going to tell you, whenever I ask God to forgive me, that condemnation goes. There's a freedom and a purity and a cleansing. Even Paul said that we preached it Sunday morning in 2 Corinthians 7. When you begin to come with godly sorrow and repent, there's a clearing, a cleansing. There's a, a, a vehement desire and zeal and you know a carefulness that's brought in you and worked out in you. Anytime I've ever sinned against God as a Christian and we've all done it. But if you come and you ask God to forgive you what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And he does wash it. Aren't you thankful tonight? If that is your testimony, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Church, we cannot live our lives contrary to God's word. So my word, the word that I want to speak to you tonight or what I want to close with and conclude with is obey and watch God bless you in your life. Obey Him. He said there's a curse over here. 
there's a blessing over here. And did he not say that there's multitudes in that valley of decision? You go back there. You're going to become something that you used to be and worse. Stay on the blessing side. Amen. Stay on the blessing side. Praise God. You know, stay in the ark. Stay in the house. He told him, put that blood on that doorpost and stay in that house. You hear me? Stay in the house. So I come to tell you tonight, be obedient to God and his word. Don't let the devil lick your ear and drag you back to a place of a curse. How many's been there? We've all been there, amen, at one time or another, where the devil pulled us back over. They say, well, did, a lot of people say, well, you know, you know, I fell. I said, no, you jumped, amen. <laughs> you jumped. You did that because you wanted to. The spirit, the, 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 the devil began to draw you and woo you and, and influence you and tempt you. I should say tempt you, not woo you, but tempt you to go back to that old life. And you went into that. But thank God he knows how to restore us. And he said, stay on that blessing side. Amen. Because there's a preacher down there in that valley telling you, here's your place of decision. You know, isn't it, isn't it something that whenever you're on the mountaintop, see, when you're under the curse, the devil tells you you're on the mountaintop, but you're on the cursed mountainside. You just think you're okay, but you realize there ain't no blessing here. And you come down in that valley. I can tell you you're not alone. He's there with you. Amen. You ever been there? He says, I want to bring you up on that mountaintop. You don't ever have any issues on the mountaintop. It's a glorious place. But this place is, this, this land is hills and valleys. It's highs and lows. Sometimes it's ups and downs. Amen. Sister Skiles and I are getting ready to go to Kenya. We, we just, one by one, every, uh, day by day that goes by, it's just another attack, another attack, another attack. Amen. I'm, in, I'm not even going to tell you what happened to me this morning. I'm just not going to tell you. I promise you I'm not. Here, she said, you know, went to go get her passport weeks ago, May, in May. And they lost her passport. They lost her application. They have no record of it, nothing. They can't even, they said, ma'am, you've never had a passport. She said, I had to send in my passport to get renewed. I went into our, our archives and pulled out a passport from 2011. I said, she's had three, probably four. Passports can't find it. Begin to get down and pray. Seek the face of God. Called Pastor Pastor Ben. I said, I just want you to pray for us. I said, we need all the prayer we can get. He said, it's a demonic activity going on. I said, you're right. It's demonic activity. I said, but we're not moved. We're not dismayed. We're not moved. I'm not tripped up by that. Not our first rodeo. Amen. Ain't the first time we've been in ministry and had to deal with a, with a devil. But here we are, no passport. I got my passport, amen. <laughs> I had it a long time ago. But Sister Skiles had to renew hers. Just, you know, probably didn't even need to be renewed because, but they don't let you go unless you're six months out. Uh, more or more than six months to travel out of the country. And so I said, you know what? I said, we're going to pray. I said, but Tony Allman told me he's got a connection. 
said, hey, brother, you know that passport connection? Not, a, not an illegal one, okay? <laughs> we don't do all that nonsense, amen. I almost said anymore, we never did, amen. <laughs> he knows somebody that works in a congressional office that can get it the very day she makes a phone call. Amen. So, Sister Scholes, we'll have a passport before next Sunday. Not two days from now, but next Sunday. I said, I'm not going to Kenya alone. Amen. You're going with me. I said, Pastor Ben, I said, how many times do I got to preach? He said, at least five. I thought, my goodness, I'm going to be there only eight days just there alone. Every day I'm going to be preaching. So I said, Sister Scott's going to have to fill in some of those spots. You know, help me. I can't go by myself. She needs to go with me, but we're going to get that passport. That's just one of many warfares that we're fighting because God knows we're going to do something, and so does the devil. He's afraid, amen. He's scared to death that something's going to happen. But I can tell you, church, He's a defeated foe. When Jesus died on the cross, he said it is finished. And when it was finished, it was finished. Everything was done at that moment. I can tell you, everything was done at that moment. God will give you the power to do what you're called to do. But it never comes without a fight. He said, when you go into that promised land, there is a blessing. Be obedient unto God. You'll receive the blessing. But also know this, there's giants in that land. And you're going to combat them. You're either going to take them out or you're going to join with them. And if you join with them, you'll become like them. Well, I ain't going to become like one of them old infidels. I'm going to live for God. And I'm going to, I'm going to enter into the blessing of God. Almighty oh, God. I'm going to close. That's a promise. There are several blessings New Testament and, and, and scriptures on obedience. But I just want to say to you today that if you're going through a time where you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm living for God and ends just are not meeting, I can tell you, if you'll be faithful in every area of your life, including your giving, you can call out for God to rend the heavens on your behalf. And he said, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. There's nothing that God won't do. Just remember this. I'm just going to leave you with this because I, I got so many scriptures here. I can't read them all tonight. But we serve the God who owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He said, all of the silver and the gold is mine. Amen. It's mine. He bankrupted heaven for you and I and gave us his only begotten son. You think he's not going to feed you or clothe you? I've never seen the righteous forsaken, David said, nor their seed begging for bread. Whatever you have need of in your life, God will minister to that. Pastor, I need God to change somebody's heart in my life. He can. Just keep praying. Keep seeking God. Amen. Don't sabotage what the work that God's doing by opening your mouth. Talk to God about it. Lord, sometimes I just you say in your in your mind, I just I have so many things I want to say. Talk to God about it. He knows how to talk to that person. He knows how to get a hold of them. 
He knows how to do it. And I promise you this, he knows how to change everything. Every marriage, every friendship, every, every estrangement with children and their parents. He knows how to do it. He knows how to make your bills. He knows how to make what you've got stretch. He does. He knows how to do it. He knows how to give you more money than you got month for. He knows how to bless you. And he will. Just be obedient unto him. There's nothing that he will not do. Nothing that he will not do. Let me just please share one testimony with you. I feel the Holy Ghost telling me, and I'll close in prayer. When Sister Skiles and I first got married, here again, this was before we were ever pastoring. She made $83 a month. I made 150 a week, I'm sorry. Not a month, a week. That didn't amount to a whole lot. And I remember we, it was tight, just... And I, I got myself in credit card debt, and it was up to here. And I just, I didn't know what to do. But I remember, I said, Lord, you said in your word that you'd meet our need. I said, I can say without a doubt and with confidence and integrity, I've been faithful in my tithes. I've given him tithes. I want, you know, I've been faithful. And Lord, your word says that you'd supply every need. I said, even more so because I've been faithful. I said, I'm holding you accountable, Lord, to your word. You cannot lie. And I said, God, open the heavens for me. I was working for a tuck shop in Downey for Firestone Boulevard. Allen's Tuxedos. I had worked for Pepsi in the factory for about 10 months before we got married. And about two days later, maybe the next day, I'm not sure, but my old boss called me. He said, Jonathan Skiles, how you doing? I said, good. He said, how's married life treating you? I said, great. He said, I got a check here for you, $132. I said, Really? He said, yes. I said, was it a check you didn't give me? He said, no, it's a vacation check. You didn't get a vacation check. And dum-dum, I said, well, don't you have to work there a year before you get a vacation check? An unbeliever said to me, he goes, Jonathan, do you want the money or not? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Put it in the mail. He said, that's what I thought. I don't know why it's sitting around my desk, but it's yours. And I'm going to send it out today. He said, have a wonderful life. Talk to you later. Click. Joe Rodriguez was his name. I got that check a day or two later, $132. We had money for groceries. We had money for car insurance. Amen. We had what we needed. God will open up the heavens for you. Amen. If you're faithful. And you're obedient to his word. His word declares that. For everybody that says, I don't believe that, that's your business. That's between, that's you and God. But I'm going to tell you right now, he has proven to me time and time and time and time and time and time and time again. He opens up the windows of heaven. Father, I thank you tonight for your word that we can come into that land 
God's spiritual territory and be blessed and enjoy the, 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 the activation of the promises of God. Lord, this Bible's not theory. It is, it's an absolute promissory note to, you, to us, Lord, from you. And Lord, I just pray right now, and I've been praying, Lord, over our church, that you would bless this church, Father God. Lord, that you would bless them in abundance, Father God. That you would pour out not only your spirit, but God, your grace, God. That you would in, in, begin to activate, Lord, the power of God in each and every life. That we would be overcomers and walk in victory. That our marriages, Lord, would be sound. They would be joyful. They would be happy, God. They would be blessed. God, that our children would rise up, God, and serve you. And Lord, there would be peace in our home. There would be food on the table, a roof over our head, jobs to go to, Lord, and gas in the cars to get there. Father, but more than anything, Lord, the wherewithal to come to the house of God and be a blessing. I pray your blessing, God, upon this congregation. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, according to your word, Lord, pour it out upon this church and Lord I pray that as we obey you God let us stand back and see the salvation and the blessing of God and Lord we don't apologize for what you're doing in our lives but we rejoice and we glorify you for it in Jesus most holy name we thank you tonight and we praise you Lord amen and amen